going to take, I think, two labs on this passage on anxiety, both to understand how Jesus helps us overcome anxiety, but also with a view to drawing out about six lessons for how to read the Bible, both here and elsewhere. So I I have methodology and theology and application in mind in these two sessions. So Father, grant us wisdom with regard to method. We want to handle your word rightly, think about how to read it rightly, and we want to be free from anxiety to honor our Father, yourself, who knows us and knows all of our needs and will meet them according to your promise. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I'm going to do is read through this passage just once, and as I go slowly, I'm going to be looking for the main point and all the arguments that support it. Now, those are two big assumptions, namely that it has a main point, and we should even think that way about a paragraph, a main point, and that it argues. So don't take me for granted. Don't take that for granted. Uh, Test as we go to see whether, in fact, that's the right way to think about this paragraph. So here we go. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The reason I circled that is because this, therefore, means this is an argument. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about what you sh- about your life, what you should eat or what you should drink or about your body, what you shall put on. So there is a statement of uh, command, don't be anxious. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? What is that? That's another argument. Since life is more than food and the body is more than clothing, then don't be anxious about your life and don't be anxious about your body. That's the way the argument runs. We don't understand it yet, at least I don't yet. (laughs) Uh, It's not obvious, but it's clear that somehow he's arguing, he's supporting Here comes another one. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet I tell you, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they? That unit about the birds is an argument. If God treats the birds this way, he'll treat you a certain way. So don't be anxious. Here comes another one. And which of you by being anxious. Now, there's that reference to anxiety. Uh, Which of you, by being anxious? So now we've seen it here, and we've seen it here. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a, a single hour to his span of life? That's pretty clear. There's an argument. It doesn't do you any good to be anxious. Jesus is arguing. So keep going. And why are you anxious about clothing? So there, there's, the, there's the main point again. Why are you anxious about clothing? 
Consider the lilies of the field. Okay, here comes another argument. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Neither They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And so there is another, oops, another argument from the, the lilies. Therefore, he says, don't be anxious. Here it is again. I think that's the third time. Saying, what should we eat or what should we drink or what should we wear? For, here comes another argument. For the Gentiles seek all these things. That's an argument. You don't be like the Gentiles. They seek all these things. Don't you be anxious like them. And here comes another one. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's another argument, a promise. All these things will be added to you, so don't be anxious. Therefore, makes it clear, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for, for, there it is again, for. So there's another argument. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Okay, let's go backwards and and number them and tabulate what we've got here. So, um, how many arguments so far? One, two, three, four, five. And how many statements of the main point? One, two, don't be anxious. Three, don't be anxious. Four, five, five statements of what I think is the main point. Don't be anxious, don't be anxious, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. Oops, and how many, how many, five? We're at five arguments now. Let's see how many there are here. Six, seven, eight, nine. That's right. That's what I had counted. So nine arguments. Now, what can we infer just from that? I mean, we've barely begun to think about this text. All we've done is do a a quick read-through and observe what the structure is. And here are the three lessons I want to draw out for us. Number one, the Bible argues. That is, it gives reasons. Oh, what a lesson that was for me when I was 22 years old to learn that the Bible is not a string of pearls, but a a chain of linked linked thoughts. What a difference that makes. Second lesson. A unit of thought, like this paragraph here, has a main point. And what that means is everything else 
supports it. Next time, third lesson, trying to figure out out how how these supports work how they support is what understanding is so if I ask you, do you understand the paragraph? I would say you do if you see how all nine of those arguments really work to help you overcome anxiety. And that's what we're going to tackle, Lord willing, next time.